Dish from Waitrose is an SE Creative Studio production. Clarence Court is home to Britain's widest collection of free-range eggs since 1928. Our traditional heritage birds produce a distinctively rich and iconic yolk that takes home cooking from the ordinary to the extraordinary. Loved by chefs and favoured by foodies, each shell is stamped with its own royal crown. It's time for you to discover the wonderful world of fabulous eggs by fabulous birds. Clarence Court. Our podcast might contain the occasional mild swear word or adult theme. Hi, food fans. I'm Nick Grimshaw, and this is my not-so-secret weapon, Angela Hartner. Hey! Hi, Hi Nicholas. How are Hi. you? I'm good. I'm good. Excited to see you again. Thank Welcome you. to Dish This Week. Today on the podcast, we welcome a guest who said in September, and I quote, I don't want to interact with you at all unless you're a bowl of soup or maybe a stew. And Dolly Alderton, writer extraordinaire, joins us on Dish today. And in September, she'd had enough of summer. She's like, give me the stews, give me a broths, give me the soup. She doesn't want a vegetable, does she? She just wants well, heartiness. Yeah, yeah but not salads. No salads. No salads. I, I don't really want to see a salad now till maybe like. When would we go for a salad, guys? First month for salad. April. April. Any advance on April? April. Do a March. Not March. March. Do a March. No, no too early. No. Do a winter April. salad, you lot. You heathens. You can oh. do a winter salad. <laughs> oh, sorry. We all don't have a Michelin star. I'm just saying there are vegetables in winter that no, can be made just now. Soups. So, have you made Dolly a stew? I have. Yeah, it's a fish stew. So I've made a lovely base, loads of fennel in there, tomato, a little bit of garlic, onion, and then I'm going to cook the fish in that tomato base. Okay. And then we're going to have it with some bread, some wine, mm. some mm. cheese, mm. parsley, and it's a Tuscan-inspired fish stew. Delicious. So, yeah. yeah, so Italians it's Italians like a good stew. They love a stew. They love a stew, don't they? They love a bit of leave it on the stove, go oh. out for three hours, uh-huh. come back, and it's done. What's the delicious stew that you make at Christmas at yours that's like a broth? Oh, Annalini. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's that? So that's a broth, uh, a chicken broth base, and then we make this little pasta that we braise veal and beef mm. in a stew, take the braising liquid with parmesan and breadcrumbs. Mm, I, I've got you, you're on my list of people I have to deliver to on Christmas Eve. Oh, so we'll be yes. delivering you some annalini. Well, Dolly Alderton might need to be added to that list come winter time. Also, we're having a cocktail with Dolly. Nice. She loves a cocktail. Good, what well, are you making? We've had a cocktail for a few weeks, you know. I know, we've just been doing the wine a bit. What's yeah. she like, what are you making her? We're gonna go for a classic champagne cocktail. Ooh. I think if she were to be a cocktail, that's what she'd be in it. If you were a cocktail, what would you be? Don't know what would I be. I would be a pisco sour, because I can be a bit moody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Neil would say. I might be, I don't know if it's a cocktail, but I might be black velvet, you know, like when you have champagne Ooh, that's nice, yeah. That's where that's I like a good to one. position my tastes. Yeah, lovely, the liking that. The groundedness of a Guinness. <laughs> and the faffiness of a champagne. I'm, I'm with you on that. I think that's a good one. Okay, let's get her in, shall we? Yeah. Today, we welcome an award-winning author, journalist, and screenwriter whose books sit on top of bestseller lists everywhere. She also loves the dinner party. We love is, her. Which is great news for us. A round of applause, please, for Dolly Alderton. Woo! Hi, Dolly. Hi. Welcome. 
you so much for having me. You're very welcome. Thanks We're excited you're here. Yeah. Um, can I present you with my gift immediately? Wow. Yes. So basically this butter, Ooh. it's French butter that has sea salt crystals in. Oh, oh that's God. good. That and is good. I know. And I do like to just have it as a little canapé chef's treat on its own. Fabulous. Ooh, yeah. Just just slither a tiny bit off. Slither. But then I felt that was maybe a little bit too Neanderthal. So I also brought my favourite sourdough. Perfect. Oh, thanks. Dream gift. But you know another thing that I'm going to give Telly. Did you like anchovies? Obsessed with anchovies. So what you need to do, we do, do we have any anchovies here in the house? Do we? We do. I'm going to give you a little treat then with your butter mm -hmm. and the bread. Oh, gorgeous. And a slither of anchovy on top. Oh, yeah. Lovely. Oh, we're going off menu already. We're going off menu. But this is originally from a trattoria, a little bar called Al Arco, which is right by the Rialto in Venice. And, and I went there uh, about four or five years ago with a group of other chefs and restaurateurs and we'd all drunk a bit the night before. And I literally stood in the corner with my sunglasses and a glass of Prosecco just eating my way, <laughs> just to so, you know. And they were like, where is she? I said, I'm just, just making my head feel better. But they had this. Well, do you know what, Angela? This is perfectly timed. I need to make my head feel a little bit better. Oh, today. really? What happened last night? Well, I, I went out and I did my rule of the week, which is always three drinks in the week, no more. Okay. Because I'm on a novel deadline at the moment. I'm just, my head's foggy the next day otherwise. Mm. So I followed the rule, but it was three martinis. Oh, that's like 18 normal drinks. I know. I forgot oh, the God. perfect amount is two. You can't have more yeah. than two. Also, martini hangover, I think, is so specific. Oh, it it's really like is, right here. It? Yes, it's that's like what right I in between the eyes. I know. I was being so extra this morning. <laughs> I texted my friend. And I was like, I think I've got COVID. <laughs> she was like, you haven't got COVID. You drank like Martinis. a litre of cold vodka last night. <laughs> but do you know how they served it as well? It was at the Draper's Arms. Uh -huh. And Nick Gibson does it with, I love anything vinegary or pickle. Mm. He did it with frozen baby pickled onions oh, on nice. a cocktail stick. Absolutely oh, delicious. I do. Because sometimes Martini, you can't like neck back, can no. you? So sometimes I think <laughs> one of my really serious life problems is I wish this could be made colder halfway through, but the frozen yes. pickle. Yeah, frozen pickle. And he, he serves them in beautiful frozen glasses as well oh, it was yeah. just such a lovely experience and then Ooh, yeah. once because the first one I'm still a bit like a little girl pretending to like her dad's beer uh -huh. as when I drink Martini. Yeah. the first it was a bit like Ugh. it's a bit nail varnish yeah. isn't it and then by the time you're on sit mm -hmm. number three you're like this is the cleanest purest yeah. high of my life and you're I can like, drink this into forever it. you're into it yeah. I had to really train myself to like them and I had a few Same. things like that when I was a kid did you that you like wanted to because I read somewhere that you like didn't really have time to be a kid you like quite liked adult things yeah, totally. so was there like foods that you were like I don't like this but I'm going to force myself to like that yeah olives, olives I have that with yeah. yeah and I also now do this thing this is uh, where my anecdotes get a little bit less accessible I also <laughs> do this thing where you know things that you know are luxurious mm. and you want to treat yourself or someone's treating you in your lovely restaurant and you just force yourself like I have to like this because I know this denotes luxury <laughs> so I think I've done that with oysters I've certainly done that with caviar yeah Really? I love caviar I love now. Caviar. Yeah. yeah, at first I was like, Ugh! I know, same. But it's just like salty mush. Caviar's just one of those things where you just got to have very pure thoughts when you're eating yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, don't overthink it. <laughs> just just mm, knock it back. Yum, yum, yum. Yeah. yeah. I did have to train myself. Oh, this looks so yeah. good. Yeah. Angela, And actually was one I had to train myself to like as well because I thought it was posh. Shall I oh, get I'll the make bubbles? The no, because I'm going to make a cocktail. Oh, you're doing it over here? Yeah. Okay. 
we're going to have a classic champagne cocktail, which is something that Dolly loves and really simple to do and actually a really good cocktail. So you want to get some sugar cubes, put them on a plate, throw some bitters on, pop that in your champagne glass, a little bit of Quavossier and then top up with champagne. Nicely done. Very delicious. So this is your favourite cocktail, Dolly. Love this it. This is my favourite cocktail. Am I making this right, Dolly? I mean, I'm normally sloshing things around much <laughs> more. I would have happily made it wrong if I didn't know it was your favourite cocktail. Yeah. This looks beautiful. Like have you, do you like this cocktail, you two? I've tried it, not for a while. I remember a champagne cocktail for ages, like a classic. But it f fizzes up quite a bit because of the sugar, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's completely lethal, and I just love Corvassier as well. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Lovely. Well, because we had Stanley Tucci on. And, oh, yeah. Um, you know, he like loves a cocktail and loves a Negroni. Mm. So I made one, and I was making it really like... <laughs> <laughs> and it, but he said it was perfect. I think I OD'd on the old Negronis. Yeah. yeah. I just drank too many. I can't really drink them anymore. I've got that with tequila. Really? Oh, oh okay. tequila yeah. does kill you. Well, it's that one where, you know, very young, uh, thrown in the back of a taxi with the taxi driver going, she's going to throw up. <laughs> yeah. and, it's like, and I've never really been able to look at a bottle oh, of You know what? I had the same. Yeah. And then I got Casamigos. Oh, yes. In my Waitrose order. Nice. Lovely. Yeah. And I, you have it on the rocks. Yeah. So have lovely. you had this George Clooney tequila? I have. And the bottles are like signed, but I think that it's like printed on. Yeah. And my friend was came around for a Christmas party. He like lives in LA a lot of the time and he came over and he was like, got this. And I thought he'd got it signed by George Clooney. <laughs> and we just didn't open it for ages. I was like, oh my God. And then I did see in a supermarket and that's like, that's the logo. <laughs> but I really thought like, he probably knows George Clooney. <laughs> That's yeah. what I thought. And then I was like, actually not that special a Christmas gift then, <laughs> no. is it? And also, can no. you imagine going up to George and I'm so sorry, so, would you sign <laughs> my My <laughs> mate loves your films. He loves Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> would, you sign, would you sign this? My dad used to work for Findus and like Nestle, or I can't remember who yeah. owned yeah. who, but like they made Nescafe. And I remember when, you know, George Clooney obviously yeah. did all the coffee adverts, my dad would be like, you should do them. And I was like, <laughs> We should get rid of him. And I was like, I don't know if they're going to swap George Clooney out. <laughs> Angela, I've got a wheat smoothie. Yes, I've got a wheat. You go first, Oh, Dolly. thank you so much. I'm just going to yeah. get the next course going. That was good. Mm. That butter's good, though. Mm, Where do you get that? Good. At your local little deli? You must I got have. it from, yeah, um, a fromagerie in Highbury. Oh, my mm. favourite shop I in the world. I love that place. Oh, I love that one. My friend saw Nigel Slater in there and followed him home. Oh, really? <laughs> I'm well, very obsessed weird. with Nigel Slater's Well, that's house. what she was like. Yeah. I just want to know where he lives. Mm. I know where distance. he lives. Do you know where he lives? I yeah. know where he lives. Does yeah. anyone else know where <laughs> Nigel Slater lives? I would have loved to have watched what he was buying. I would have just mm. been like, yep, same yep, for me. Get that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I know you fell out of love with cooking, but do you love hosting at yours? Do love you love it. having people around for dinner? Yeah. So will you like do something like fancy or will you do, how, how do you cook if you had like friends coming around? So I think you just learn, don't you, of how to make life easy as possible. Yeah. So that's normally like cold starter. Mm -hmm. This. Yeah, exactly. Also, I think simple stuff like uh, anchovy on butter on bread is quite like mm. chefy. Totally. Yeah, really amazing ingredients, mm. just layered. Yeah. Oh my God, what are those things called that literally make me... Gilders, Gilders, have you had a Gilder? What's a Gilder? There's a restaurant that's made mm. them like big. Now everyone's doing them. It's a Pirello olive mm. with an anchovy and a gherkin on a cocktail stick. Oh. My theory is basically when people come around for dinner that all they want is carbs and salty stuff. Yeah. Like that's why if I ever do like 
I won't say house party, I think I'm probably a little bit too near early middle age to say that now. <laughs> a drinks thing at my house. I will only ever do cocktail sausages and cheese. Bang it. It's all Can't people want. Yeah. It's all people want. Yeah. And the worst thing is when you go to someone's house for dinner, and like, not saying this now, because Angela's quick, but you know, and you're you sat. done. No, and the, the host's like away for ages. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you've gone to someone's house for tea. And then they're like, oh, I need to get this. And they're all like panicked and flustered. Mm. But I think everything we do on this and everything you cook is no nonsense. Mm. You're not a faffarange. No. That is the key though. I think that took me time to learn as well that people would prefer for you to get amazing takeout mm -hmm. and serve it on plates. They've come to see you. Exactly. Yeah. And I just think you just feel the nervousness of a host and you feel yeah. someone trying to impress and it just make, it makes it so awkward. Mm. And actually for that exact reason as well, I don't really have a massive sweet tooth yeah. and I hate baking yeah. and I actually just hate making desserts and puddings. Yeah. So I now just don't ever, all I do is get like one amazing cheese and Perfect. then like really good chocolate. I told How many you we times have we heard Angela <laughs> say right this? That sounds like you literally read Angela's script. Really? Really? Every oh, time we Angela's Angela like, method. nah, bothered with a dessert. <laughs> oh, honestly. I just go, do cheese, some, and then I buy just chocolates I like, like Maltesers. Love yes. Maltesers. Or I yeah. buy posh chocolate to, you know, fancy it up, but everyone just eats the Maltesers mm. and the cheese, and it's yeah. perfect. That's yeah. all anyone ever wants. Yeah. And then you just need to do, like, a really great, satisfying, tasty, yeah, exactly. filling main course. Yeah. What about when you're writing and in writing mode? Say you've got a book to finish. Yeah. Are, are you, how do you eat then? Are you like, I'm going to distract myself and cook for a few hours? Are you like, we're having takeaways? Or yeah, I'm going to just have yeah. like toast? Like it's so weird you should ask that because I was literally thinking about this today because I'm on a novel deadline. And I'd forgotten that I eat like a sort of boomer widowed man who's never who's never cooked or like a tiny terrier i just have like i look at what i eat in a day and it will be like four crackers with a wedge of cheddar and then an instant noodle pot and then four tangerines i don't i can't i don't the meal goes on all day, all day. because i just think i'm always like most writers when i'm in it I'm in love, I love it. Mm -hmm. But the getting to being in it thing takes a really long time. Mm -hmm. And actually I'm always looking for ways to not get into it. Yeah. So the minute that I start cooking, I just know that's gonna be an hour and a half mm -hmm. faffing, you know, gone. I had to write a book and I found like the distractions and the procrastination was like insane. What were you doing the most as a displacement? Cooking. Yeah. And then being like, oh, I'll look at a recipe and then I'd find something, not on purpose, that I didn't have in. So then I'd be like, well, I've got to go and get to the shops and get that. And then oh, I'll yeah. get, and, totally and like the distraction was mad. Yeah. And also, if you're passionate about food, I have this thing in my head that once I start going, oh, what am I going to have for mm. lunch today? I get an idea in my head and then nothing's stopping That's it. I'm walking mm -hmm. to the like Turkish specialist mm. shop three miles away. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to, I'm like, I have to get the thing. So it just, it's basically, it, and also, I think you've got to be careful about the cooking with distracting you from writing, is it is creative. Mm -hmm. So it, it does sort of exhaust weirdly the same part of your brain. Oh, yeah. So I just think it's a way of not writing. I'm waiting for you to say it and then I got on the Eurostar because I had to go <laughs> yeah. and have some, I have some So I had to wait for three <laughs> days and that's it. I missed my deadline. Paris. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, oh my this God, looks Angela. delicious. Yeah. Oh, I've just seen a tentacle. I'm so excited. <laughs> Anything with a tentacle, shove it down my gold. There you go. This does look like, and correct me if I'm wrong, 
if that got put on my table, if I went to someone's house who wasn't a chef, I'd be like, wow. Wow. But actually, is that quite easy to do? Once you've d done the first layer, the sauce layer, you should be good. Where do you buy your fish from, Angela? Everything here on this recipe we've got from Waitrose, but I think there's great places where you live. I mean, we're lucky we get it from our suppliers. And who's the one up by We Are Islington Way? Steve Hatt. Steve Hatt. Hat. I love yeah. Steve Hatt. Steve Hatt. See, we Shout all, you know, Hat. we love all these people. You know, people. I had a bit of a vibe going on with one of those fishmongers. Oh, oh. okay. Because Is this in the book? We hope so. <laughs> yeah, go it on. It was something, it was in that winter lockdown. Mm. And on a Saturday, yeah. I was like, I'm going to go walk to Steve Hatt. This is when I was living in Camden. And then I'm going to get some fish and then walk home and have fish for Saturday night dinner. And... It became, I think it was because I was so starved of company and romance. It was sort of my highlight of the week, going and having a little bit of a flirt over the fish with well, one yeah. of the fish, fish mongers. Yeah. 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 He would always ask me about like whether I was cooking for my boyfriend, which obviously oh, I love. Yeah. We got it, Steve. And then we get to the classic like, oh, I can't believe a girl like you is mm. single. It was just like the absolute, like, like most mm. cheesy basic flirting. I think it was the only flirting I did all of lockdown. Well, yeah. I must go back to that guy, actually. Yeah, I wonder if there's any chemistry like out of the out lockdown. Of lockdown. <laughs> so this is a Tuscan-inspired fish stew mm. with tomato, hake, mussels, squid, a little bit of garlic, onion, and some parsley at the end. Bon appetit. Mm, that hake is lovely. This yeah. is good. Mm. Really bon appetit. Mm -hmm. So how's the new book writing going? You've done three books, two books? I've done a, a memoir, a novel, yeah. this book coming out, which so, right. sort of is a bit of a cheat book because yeah. it's uh, my columns collected. Um, and then I'm writing another novel so, now. Wow, so yeah. busy, busy. How long did it take you to write yours? I don't know. <laughs> because I did actually write, but I was so distracted. January, I thought I'd go away for a month and write it. Yeah, really. Like Where a did whole you go? month. I went to LA. Well, that's a bad place. Yeah, <laughs> you need to go out into like the Swiss Alps into a cabin on your own. I just went to like spin classes. Yeah, and, like went went to for dinner. Walks yeah, and, I went for dinner. And then I came back, and they were like, "It's due in April." So I was like, Sh <laughs> "So I still got on with it then." But I don't. I couldn't really do it until I was like under pressure. Yeah. How about you? I'm, How do you? I'm exactly Because when same. it's too like six months I'm like that's sort of eternity for me. how do you do it how do you think it best works I do exactly what you did I just I have to wait for the feel the fear yeah. yeah and there's always been this thing where I just like I just assume Father Time's going to write it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's... I yeah. maybe it'll just be done. It will write itself. This is the craziest deadline I've ever been on. Right. The thing that helps is with my first novel, I knew what worked for me after that, which is I did three months of planning. You know, it's like 25,000 words of planning that I was yeah. working off. So it meant that the structure being there, when it came to writing it, it felt sort of like just having a laugh. It felt like improvising. Yeah. It right. felt like just mucking around, actually, yeah. because I'd, I'd already worked mm. out all the important beats. So I've done the same. I spent all summer researching this book mm. and planning it. So now it is a little bit easier. Yeah. It is my favourite thing to do, writing a novel, I've realised. Yeah. Wow, that's yeah. amazing. It's my favourite type of writing. Yeah. When I read your column in The Times and it's letters from people, I always think that must be so hard to like give advice. What do you think? One on one and then the country reads it it's funny isn't it because like they post a teaser every wednesday the sunday right. times mm -hmm. on instagram being like this is the question coming up and i can get the temperature underneath because it's a million comments of people's of course weighing yeah. in so i always have this weird moment in between wednesday yeah. and sunday that i will know if i've really had a different read on mm -hmm. it to sure. everyone else and actually you know. the skill of you is that you write from your soul in your heart and oh, you know, thank you no but you're answering a question because it, it's one of isn't it it's like friendship 
you know, we've all got those best friends, mm-hmm. but there's certain ones that, you know, actually you're going to give me the real honest the answer. Real truth, yeah. You're not going to sit and pander, you know, and I know if I go to like my sister or my mum, I'll get the absolute truth whether I want to yeah. hear it or yeah. not. Yeah. And that's what people are asking mm. with you in a way. You know, they want to know what you think. And also I'm not their friend. Like no. their friends are the people who will tell them they're right yeah, and then yeah. whatever. I think the role of an agony yeah. on actually is to sort of imagine all the people involved in the yeah, situation. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Actually, yeah, see the broader picture of it. Well, exactly. You love this, don't you? This is oh, like your great. dream. It's totally a privileged position to be in and I love yeah. it. It's, all, it's, it's strange though, particularly because... I feel like I make the wrong decisions about my personal life on a daily basis. <laughs> so it's, it's weird there. And most of the time, it is really lovely. Like, I love hearing about people's lives. Sure. I love the more problems that I hear, the more I realise that, like, every problem is a communal problem. Like, yeah. it's very rare that I get a problem in For Dear Dolly where I'm like, wow, you're really out on your own yeah. there. <laughs> like, you yeah. Know? Yeah. So it's reassuring, I suppose. Yeah. It's nice to feel connected to people. Mm. Yeah. But I just worry sometimes because I just think, like, what on earth qualification do I have to... Tell people how to live. Yeah, I think you just know. Yeah. You know, some people just know. Like, you know, you have like some friends like, they just know what's up. Are you too yeah. good at giving advice? No, I'm terrible at giving advice. Oh, really? Advice. I think that so, That surprises yeah. me. I think I yeah. am. Because I don't know. I don't really like confrontation. Yeah. And I, I'm very like, but on the other hand, and then I give like the polar opposite. Yeah. So I'm a bit rubbish like that. Yeah. Yeah. Who do you go to for advice is do you yeah, have like your own personal one. dear dolly yes yeah, so well I, I dedicated the book to her my friend mm. india oh yeah right so the acknowledge the dedication mm-hmm. says for india masters my mm-hmm. agony yeah. on she's just one of those friends where she is like a sort of round the clock whatsapp nurse she's like one 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 for all our emotional lives uh-huh. yeah. on whatsapp and i'll get because i'm in a we're in a big group of girlfriends and we'll go out for dinner and india will look at me and be like how did that go, by the way, with the podcast? Did that go well? Did they yeah. like the sourdough and the yeah. butter? Oh, I'm glad. And then she'll turn to the other one and be like, yeah. did the meeting go okay? Blah, blah, blah. And she'll go around every single person. I'm like, do you work? <laughs> because it feels like you're this incredible support system. Yeah, yeah. She knows everything about everyone's life. Yeah. She offers incredible support. She herself, actually, I'm sure she wouldn't mind me saying, she is a Samaritan. She trained to be a Samaritan a few years ago. And my God, when she did that, I just suddenly understood what actually listening is. Yeah. But as you, I think you've just hit the nail on it. The best friends are the ones that listen. Yeah. But, and actually don't, in a way, necessarily give an opinion straight away. Because we've all had that and it's like oh, God, this happened to me at work. And then someone, rather than actually, sometimes you just want to vent. You don't yeah. necessarily want the advice, mm-hmm. you want to vent. And then someone will go, oh, God, the same thing happened to me. No. And you don't want, like, your friendships and your relationships to be just me calling you to complain. Yeah. yeah. And then, like, see you later then. Yeah, yeah. Because you're, like, busy and you're not going out as much. Like, yeah, sometimes you feel like when you're in your 30s yeah. that you're, like, it's just complaining. Yeah. And our bond is, like... <laughs> Slacking people off. That's work. so true. You know what I mean? I tried to give slacking people off up for Lent one year. <laughs> <laughs> I lasted, I think, four days. <laughs> okay, let's talk about Everything I Know About Love, which yes. is your memoir. Yes. First of all, before we get into the telly adaptation, how is it putting out your life yeah. to the world? It had so many different stages, mm-hmm. I think, because... I had such, I didn't really have a profile back then. I had a tiny following online. I was much younger, I was 28 when I wrote it. Well, that, you know, something about being, the difference between being 28 and 34 just feel like different yeah. countries to me. I was just so open in a way that just makes me shudder now. So it's like, at first it felt 
cathartic and it felt exciting and it felt you know I was it was amazing to feel connected to lots of different people and then it felt scary and I felt self-conscious and then you feel terrified about how you write afterwards after something like that you worry that that might be your biggest hit or whatever you worry that you don't have anything to offer other than just Mm. turning yourself inside out and then you get to this amazing point too that I I'm thankfully to get to quite quickly which is that may well have been my biggest thing I ever do and that's amazing like yeah. how amazing that I got to do that at 28 yeah. and as long I can make my piece of that and I'm actually pleased that I did get there because I think some I've seen so many writers and creatives and artists like be in competition with themselves that whole life mm. and I just I wouldn't be able to do that and I couldn't write a book like that again I couldn't put myself through it and then how was the adaptation for yeah. you did you have to like pick a dolly yeah so we made it semi-fictional yeah. just to stop me from going insane yeah. um, you know? so we changed their names mm. and it was more just sort of like essence of the book and essence of the real life people and is it weird to watch the more difficult conversations that happen between characters there's a scene where Maggie tells this like awful musician like 2012 East London musician man that she loves him and he laughs in her face which happened to me like verbatim um that was a strange day like it was weird when the climax of the series is the two best friends basically one of them saying I don't want to be friends anymore that was sort of things that me and Farley said to each other years and years ago so again that was like a difficult day. And after you'd read the book, have people come out of the woodwork, recognise that they're the people in the book, like the musician? You know, anyone come forward afterwards and said, you've written about that. I did that, didn't I? Yeah, the musician actually. Oh, uh, yeah, He's really funny. He's he's like friends with lots of my friends and we're still like sometimes vaguely in touch. And he, he messaged me and said, the worst moment in his life when his dad picked him up from the station and he was listening in his car to the audio book. <laughs> <laughs> No, on the whole, it's been yeah. fine because my friends got all the permission. Got exactly. permission. Yeah, of course, you and then the men that. that I wrote about on the whole, on the whole, loved it. Such, <laughs> yeah, they either love it. I mean, the portrayals were pretty shitty as yeah. well, so they're just like, well, I didn't do that, yeah, so they're yeah. not going to, you know. Yeah. And also, the thing I've learned about men yeah. over the years. <laughs> they do love being written about exactly they really yeah. love being written about you can say this man broke my heart he yeah. ruined my life he yeah. behaved terribly the number of dms i get from girls yeah where they say i went on a date with someone who told me that they dated you this is their name did they date you this was the first thing they said and they'll be like so funny that they're so keen to show off that we dated because yeah. they were not very keen to date yeah. me or wow. be particularly nice to me back in the That's day insane. i know it used to drive me crazy it's that voyeurism of living that their 15 yeah. minutes of fame yeah it, and yeah. it was just that it's just like that tension that i found really difficult in the aftermath of the book coming out yeah. like it seemed like well it's my fault for always dating narcissistic men but it felt like their enthusiasm for having an anecdote about me was yeah. was so enormous compared to their enthusiasm for me yeah exactly and that yeah. was yeah. Weird. weird and even not like a it's not a nice anecdote no yeah exactly exactly i remember reading catlin moran saying and i must have been in my 20s when i read it and i remember thinking that's ridiculous where she was like you shouldn't take anything anyone says seriously until they're 30 and i remember being in my 20s being like no that's not true i would be like so happy for every opinion that i say at the pub at three in the morning to be like committed and and carved in stone and now i'm like oh i didn't like yeah. I don't yeah. think anyone should be held to account oh, yeah. for things yeah. they I say before they're I was they're like 30. really good on the radio, and yeah. when I left Radio One and they played me back the first shows, I was like, 
Oh my. How old were you your first show? 23. Jesus. Exactly. That, that is so young. I'm so, like, not been to bed. Yeah. That's yeah. tough, though. Yeah. I know, it's so cringe. Because I, I have that with, like, with my podcast as well. I just can't listen back. No. It's like listening to yourself drunk leaving yourself a voicemail. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it's so embarrassing. It's so embarrassing. Yeah. yeah, just don't listen back. What about reading back? I get cringed out reading my novel as well. I'll probably get yeah. cringed out reading this novel. Yeah. I think it's yeah. just like... Yeah, I don't think you should really love your own stuff, should you? No, and if musicians sit at home and yeah. be like, I love this, number yeah. one here. Like, sure, when you're doing it, but like, I don't know if they're like... Although, I got into a lift with Ronan Keating once and he was humming Life is a Roller Coaster. No way. Yeah, I know. Was there a time of release or like recently? No, years oh, wow. later, years wow. later. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it is catchy. I mean, that's what I thought. That's what I did think. I was it like, to be catchy. fair to him. To be fair. And yeah. if someone had mentioned it to him, it really gets in the noggin. It yeah. really gets in yeah. the noggin. And also, wise words. You said that. <laughs> Life is a roller coaster. It really is. You just gotta ride it. Nick, I literally am now as an Easter egg for you. In one of my dear dollies in the next month, I swear to God, I'm going to write Life is a roller coaster, and you've just gotta ride please, it. Please, come on, please. Please. The Tuscan fish stew was really good. So actually. good. Did you enjoy that? I loved it. You could do that in half an hour, no problem. Oh, really? Yeah, of course. It's when we go to Dolly's for that dinner party. <laughs> yeah, we'll come around to Dolly's and, and champagne. expect it, yeah. That's it, it's perfect. Yeah. Well, My if you want to try life. it, the yeah. recipe's on waitrose.com forward slash dish recipes. You can yeah. go and check it out. Also, this recipe is up there as well. Cheese. <laughs> um, the perfect dessert, yes. cheese yeah, on a cheese totally, board. Yeah. It's never mm. not good. So while we enjoy some cheese, we thought we could do a little role reversal. Mm, you okay. have Dear Dolly. Mm. Sometimes on this podcast, we get questions for Angela. Yeah. You maybe have matters to do with the heart. Angela maybe has matters to do with awful. <laughs> 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 that sort of thing. The queen um, of our yeah. awful. Yeah. So we thought we could swap over and do Dear Angela mm. and then Ask Dolly. Great idea. Okay, right. so, okay, love it. Okay, this one is for Angela. So Dolly, mm. if you'd like to read this and see what your advice would be. I'm on the hunt for a meal I can ace every time. One I can wow friends, family and hopefully my new partner with when the algorithm goes my way on Tinder. Oh, feels like a question for both of us. Yeah, it does yeah. actually. Um, <laughs> Okay, so meal that you can ace every time, I think slow cooked meat. Yes. Because you just know if you get the temperature right yeah. that you're going to have like beautifully textured mm. meat. Yeah. And you don't have to think about it all day. Yeah. Can't go wrong, really. Yeah. yeah. I've not cooked for someone on a date until it's like with firm boyfriends. No, my boyfriend now I cooked him on our second date. Oh, well, that's wow. ballsy, that. I know. And what did you cook? I did like a baked gnocchi. Mm. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, it was well, really nice. Well, that's another one, straight in the oven. Don't yeah. have to worry about it. And were you yeah. like, oh, God, this has been stressful. You're like, I just knocked this up. Of course I was like Yeah, that. you were like, oh, it's just my big <laughs> knock yeah, yeah. I literally was just like, what, this, yeah. yeah. And also, like, you know that thing you do at the beginning of the relationship where I was like, I wonder if he thought I cooked wearing, like, that white silk kimono dress <laughs> in a pair of heels with like blow dried hair. And I hadn't like prepped it at two o'clock that yeah. afternoon. Whacked it in the yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, Angela. Yes. This is from Dear Dolly, which is a collection of columns from the Sunday Times, which Dolly does every yeah. week, all collated together in one handy book. So you'd have to have loads of newspapers in your house. Just, just buy the book. Exactly. Just buy the book. Uh, Thanks, Nick. Um, dear Angela. I'm worried I love dogs more than men. 
I'm worried I'm unable to form successful deep relationships with men. I was married for 15 years to a gentle, sweet man who I met when I was young and naive. I thought I was in love with him and we had many happy years bringing up our children surrounded by our dogs. But there was a void in our relationship and a loneliness inside me. I always felt like our dogs understood me better than he did. Can a man ever give me the feeling of unconditional love and understanding that I feel with dogs? Crikey. I know, that was one of my first. Quite a lot. That's a lot to chew over. I would like to think that a man could, if you found the right person or the right man in your life, and remember a dog is a dog. I don't know, is that the right... You know, I love my dog and I love the fact it's unconditional love. Mm. But by the same token, I woke up today and she... Living room, <laughs> <a little bit. laughs> and I was like, mm, don't love you now. Yeah. No, I think you can find unconditional. I think she has to realise that a dog is a dog and it's an animal mm-hmm. and a human's a human. And I think you've got it. What she's given to her dog, I think she needs to give to another human person. I yeah. think, and then she'll yeah. get it reciprocated. Yeah. Is that a good answer? Yeah, I think that's, that's a, great a good answer. answer. Great answer. Are there any similarities? And I'm not joking. <laughs> between Neil and Betty. They're both because, messy. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. any like lovely things. Yeah, they're very they're very cute. Mm. Well, this sounds a bit weird. They're cute in bed. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> oh, that's a wrap. I was, uh, we are doing. You know what I mean? Like if she's like snuggled up like yeah. that, Neil, it's quite a cute little thing. I was but, literally yeah. gonna ask you because I've just got my first pet. We oh, Oh my god, yeah. she looks so cute. Thank she, you. Yeah. she is yeah. little tiny what? little golden British short hair. What's her name? Goldie Horn. Oh, oh I yeah. love it. I love it, Goldie but Horn. But I have made that very difficult decision in parenting, where I've just decided <laughs> she is always going to sleep in my bed. Oh, oh that's does it, Betty yeah. sleep in your bed? No, occasionally she might yeah. sneak in. But no, it's discipline. She sleeps downstairs. Is she out and about? Have you got a cat flap? Is she allowed out and stuff? No, I will have to let her out at some point. But it's so funny. I took her to the vet for the first time. It was so traumatic, actually, because she hated the carrier. And she kept pouring the the plastic window. (laughs) So her little head got stuck. So her head was like with her big bulgy eyes (laughs) (laughs) stuck out of this carrier. It was so stressful. The Uber driver was pissing himself off. And the vet said to me, I mean, I'll show you a picture of it. She literally looks like Marilyn Monroe. She's got, no, she is gone. We've seen a picture. And the vet said to me, she was like, I was like, I don't know what to do about the outside, inside. And she was like, you know, some cats, have um, a hunting nature mm. and they need to find their prey and yeah. they need to be out in the wild. Mm. With this cat, I don't see that so much. For her. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, see him indoors from the cat. Yeah, literally. Exactly. In bed. We have to keep Angela inside so she's not hunting <laughs> of a night. <laughs> <laughs> Dolly, thank you so much oh, for coming around to see you. us. This is thank so you, Dolly. Thanks for the best present, genuinely, of, of oh, bread fab. and salted yes. butter. Fab. Great, I'm yeah. pleased. Yeah. 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 And Dolly Alderson, everybody. Yeah. 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 Such good fun. Such good yeah, thank you, Dolly. Thank that was you. fab. All the recipes and drinks can be found on the Waitrose website at waitrose.com slash dish recipes. Follow Dish from Waitrose wherever you get your podcasts. Tell your friends, tell your family, and why not leave us a review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts? We can't all have a Michelin star chef in the kitchen, but you can get some Michelin star advice. Email your questions for Angela to dish at waitrose.co.uk. Waitrose. Food to feel good about.